0: Hey, this is Mr. Anderson, Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN, WWE Network, Cheap Heat Podcast. Um, let's see what else I got. Mad jobs out here, but right now, talking all things wrestling. With my man, Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back
1: and stay mage. You're listening to Cruise Control with Randy Cruz. This is the voice of the new world order. N-W-O. And neopuric secrets of WCW Network. Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report. My man, how you doing? What's going on, Randy? Doing great. How about yourself? Doing good, man. Can't complain. We are taping this on Friday morning, so by the time you hear it, either uh, SmackDown will have been aired, or you'll probably hear it tomorrow, but um, you were at AEW in Boston, was it, on Wednesday, right? Yeah, Wednesday night. Yep. Okay, so you're 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 trading places. You're doing Lex Luger type moves. You you, you were a big NXT fan. <laughs> and now you're jumping ship to the to the opposition. Um, I mean, I think maybe you were gonna do that in some time, but I didn't think in in, in the second week you would do that. Uh, you did not tell me you would go to AEW, so you kind of kept me out the loop. Um, <laughs> I but, kept everyone out of the loop. <laughs> so, before we get into the ratings and stuff like that. Uh, how was the AEW experience for you, seeing it, uh, it live?
0: It was great. It was great. And I know we spoke before the show, and I know this is a political answer according mm-hmm. to you, Randy, and I agree. But I support all wrestling. If I had a ticket to go to Florida tomorrow to go see NXT on Wednesday, mm-hmm. I would go in a heartbeat. I, if I if I had to choose where my allegiance lies. It would be NXT. I said last week NXT had the better show, and I might sound I might sound biased this week just because that was there. But I thought Dynamite had the better show over NXT on Wednesday night. Um, but it was a very cool experience. I was at Double or Nothing earlier this year, so it wasn't my first AEW show. But to say I was there at the second ever AEW episode AEW um, episode at Dynamite was pretty cool. Very good show overall. Great opener. Great atmosphere. Um, they have a great thing going right now.
1: Yeah, um you know just seeing it on TV and and you know we we might as well get into it now. So um the uh for week two the ratings were in the favor of AEW once again. They got a one point one four for for this past Wednesday, NXT got seven hundred and ninety thousand. Um both shows were down. AEW had one point four in uh last week, NXT had eight hundred and ninety-one thousand. So uh, could be a few factors. I know two two baseball games were going on. Uh, game five, um, Dodgers and Nationals, and, and uh, I forget who it was. It was uh, the Braves and the Cardinals. So they were. I think they were on uh, FS1. They were also on TBS. So they were kind of in, in, in competitive time frame. So. Um, what was your overall thought of AEW? I mean, just the matches alone, the promos, and do you think it was a a, a better show than week one? Do you think it was even than, than week one, or slightly less than week one? Again, I'm gonna be
0: biased because I was there, but I thought I did think it was a better show overall. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the kind of. Got rid of the things that didn't really work. Um, I like the appearance from Kevin Smith last week on the show. I just didn't think the segment was all that well done. That weird, you know, um sideline reporter thing. I think Chris Van Vliet, the interviewer they have doing it, is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um he's a really cool guy, but the actual segment didn't really work. They kind of cut that crap out this week. They didn't do any stage interviews. Um, I guess they're not really doing any backstage interviews, which kind of separates it from WWE, which is cool, I guess. But, um, you know, I thought the matches this week were better. I thought um, I, the opener was awesome. Um, overall, I mean, the matches weren't – every single one wasn't amazing. I mean, I thought Darby Allen, and Jimmy Havoc had a good match. The women's match was not that good. I'm not a big fan of their women's division. They have Britt Baker. That's about it. Um, they don't have a lot of women, and the women they do have need more uh, seasoning. Like. You know, Randy, I completely agree with, you know, some of the things you've said about AEW when it comes to like storylines and characters and I know the show just started, right? But they have given me zero reason to care about their women's division. Who the hell is Rio? She won the championship last <laughs> week. We've heard nothing about her. She hasn't spoken once, nothing. Mm-hmm. Who's B Pristley? I know she's like dating Will Ospreay, but that's about it. Why is she feuding with Britt Baker? What's their issue? Is it because she injured her a couple months ago? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't hear the commentary, so I don't know. Um, and then other woman, IMA Emi Sakura, whatever her name was, no idea who the hell she was. Zero reason to care. That was my bathroom break of the night. I mean, I didn't I watched the match, but. That was the match I just cared the least about on the show. Everything right. else that was solid. Um, Moxley and Spears, good match. The main event was very entertaining. I also agree with what you said on Twitter. I was sitting next to my friend Arjen. He, he showed me your tweet while we were sitting there after the show. Mm-hmm. So, Randy, we, we, we saw your Twitter right after it, <laughs> right after it ended, where you said the brawl. And like, go, oh, you know, second week in a row ending in a brawl. And again, I completely agree. I thought it was a very good angle. The crowd was into it, mm-hmm. but you can't end every episode with a brawl. What is this WCW Nitro? Like? <laughs> I don't, I don't think they will. But um, those are my minor nitpicks of the show. Overall, though, again, I thought it was a very good show. Match by match, I thought it was solid. Um, I think the key again is establishing storylines, which they've kind of done. They set up a number of matches for next week, including Jericho and Darby Allen for the AEW World Title. They set up Bucks and uh, Santana and Ortiz for some other point down the road. They set up Adam Page and the former Jack Swagger, Jake Hager, Hager, whatever, however you pronounce Uh his name. Um, And then a number of other matches, which I thought was well done. Um, But again, they need to give me a reason to care about the people that aren't the elite. The elite are established. Most people know the elite. I mean, the casual viewer tuning into TNT probably doesn't, but... I would like, I would love to know more about the smaller guys. Like, I mean, we kind of heard from Jimmy Havoc on Wednesday, but other than that, who else, what else is he really about? What is he, you know, who else, who really is this guy is what I really want to know. Darby Allen, I think is a guy to watch out for Sammy Guevara. They're kind of getting him established, which is good. Mm -hmm. That's about it. Again, I think they really need to establish their characters. And I think having, I mean, I know it's only been two weeks. But again, another nitpick of the show that I had was that they kind of had the same acts they had on last week. I was looking for the Lucha Bros this week, nowhere to be seen. No mm. Jurassic Express, kind of mm. disappointed. We got to see Private Party, which was cool, but right. again, a lot of the same faces we saw last week.
1: Yeah, I mean, when I when I nitpick, it, it's pretty much to be funny and to be uh, you know play play advocate, but you know. I just know that if a Raw or SmackDown or WCW ended in that kind of fashion where it's like, you have like, somebody told me, um, yeah, but uh, I I think Johnny told me, uh, they're, they're developing different stories at the same time, and I'm like, yeah, but it's like 10 people in the ring at one time. It's like when you... If, if I'm the casual fan and I click on TNT and I see that, I'm thinking, all right, they're having a Battle Royal or a mini Royal Rumble. It's like I, yeah. they don't know it was a, a, a one-on-one or... Uh, tag then it led to this guy coming out this guy coming out so i mean again it's still brand new it's fresh i don't want to be nitpicky i just feel like like you said earlier they can't end the show like that every single week i know they're developing different different stories and angles um they're developing the the jericho darby allen match for the world title next week darby allen defeated uh jimmy havoc in a, a number one contender match which is cool um, the Bucks surprisingly were eliminated from the tag team tournament by a Private Party, and, and I kind of figured that the Bucks should not have won the entire thing. Regardless, yep. regardless of how how far they went, they should not have won the entire thing. So, but to be out the first round uh, was, was very exciting. Very like, oh, caught the uh, the crowd at home and in the arena uh, off guard, which which was cool. Uh, you know, you know I me. Mean? I've always been a big Jericho fan. I love the promo, uh, about the 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 weeded people. Chan is dead and buried, and bad idea by creative. And uh, then there are people on Twitter saying, well, the only reason why that got over is because you you referenced the competition. And I think Jericho knows well enough how to get under people's skin. And uh, and and to me, th- going back, this is why I felt he should have been the world champion from day one, the, the the very first champion. Because if a guy like Hangman Page is your champion right now, mm-hmm. it's like, can who he deliver, can he <laughs> one who cares two <laughs> can he deliver that that same promo to get under your skin week in week out?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And probably not. Now there's a new faction. Um, what's he called? the the, the inner uh. circle
0: yeah the inner circle okay
1: yeah. so now it's him the um, santana ortiz guevara and jake hager so now jake hager hasn't has said a word in two weeks he just stands there he puts on a face and it's funny on tv you probably seen it but on tv as jericho is saying that we the people ship <laughs> you see hager's face like like his eyes lit up like <laughs> like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> because uh-huh. that's still kind of over for him. No, no, you know, No matter where you went, um, in Bellator or whatever, people still chant, we the people. So um, what else we got here? So the wild finish we had, the the, the women's division, again, I, I don't know who who they are as much. They should be doing a better job at, at, at doing a video promo of somebody. Like you said, if you're not part of the elite or a part of, uh, if people don't really already know you, a little package of a minute or two should kind of like hype you up okay if, if I don't know him or her and they come out to the ring at least I know where they're from and what kind of matches they had in the past some shit like that um the Moxley and Spears was okay um wasn't like all that great, but it was it was decent to me. And then we got to the finish, and um, I like Jericho saying you know shit and, and, and bitch on live TV, which is cool. I I, I think the fact that um, you know Jericho, not Jericho, Jim Ross and Shivani continued to do a great job on commentary. Mm-hmm. So. You know, to recap that, it, it was different than week one. I think week week one obviously had a lot of hype, you know, yep. promotion and this and that. Same same with NXT, but you did not feel that coming into week two from both from, from both brands.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of hype surrounding these two shows, too, because really, in my opinion, week one is week one in terms of, okay, it's there's a lot of promotion behind this premiere of AEW Dynamite. We know the ratings are going to do well after the first ever episode did 1.4 million viewers, and especially even did 600,000. So we knew this episode was going to do well last week. This week was really the telltale sign as far as how are they going to do every week going forward. And again, You mentioned it earlier, but there was a lot of competition on TV. last. I mean, there was competition last week, too, um, but, you know, the playoffs and and stuff like that. So there was stuff other than wrestling on TV last night. I mean, there always is, but, you know, bigger events and stuff like that. So um, it remains to be seen where the ratings will kind of fall going forward. Not a lot of hype surrounding the actual shows. They had... You know, no one really big match on the show except for Young Bucks and Private Party. They've been hyping that match up for months on their YouTube channel and being the elite and stuff like that. But that was the only real attraction going into that show. Um, On NXT, they had, you know, Walter and Kushida. They had the Cruiserweight Championship match, which was really Mm -hmm. good between Leo Rush and Drew Gulak. Um, They, I think, had a bit more hype. But again, the ratings were both down for both shows compared to where they were last week. Um, So again, whether that, you know, will remain the case or whether they will continue to decrease or stay where they are or go up that's where I'm kind of intrigued to see uh, where things fall in the next couple of weeks but I thought both shows were still very good despite the fact it wasn't the big premiere week that we had last week yeah. um, but both were very enjoyable and again I think it goes without saying Wednesday nights are officially the best night of the week for wrestling fans when it comes to the you know top tier quality of the matches and storylines and you know just the overall programming they're uh, producing on a weekly basis
1: so I'm assuming while you're at AEW, you're, you're really not trying to see your phone, get any spoilers. You, you want to watch NXT when you get home, right? Yeah. So
0: I didn't. I couldn't watch NXT yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, or no, today's Friday. So I watched. I watched it like late Thursday. Unfortunately, I had to watch it a lot later than I was anticipating. But um. So I was a little late to the party, but I I think next week, so I kind of figured even going back a few weeks here, I figured, okay, I would watch the first ever episode of AEW Dynamite Live because it's right. history. Like I said last week, you know, you want to be able to say you watched the first episode as it aired, which I did. I knew I would be at this show, so obviously I was going to watch that first. I wasn't going to sit there in my seat with the fucking USA Network up on my phone. Um, <laughs> I, I would rather just wait. I mean, I, I almost contemplated doing that, but I'm like, nah, it's stupid. Right. Um, so next week, I think I'm going to watch NXT first. And they have a pretty big show lined up. I don't know what it has, uh, AEW has lined up. I know they have Jericho and Darby Allin for the AEW World Championship. You know the championship isn't changing hands, but it should be a right. good match. NXT, I know they have Pete Dunne versus Damian Priest. They have Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic, part three, part four, but it's a rubber match. Um, they have think one more match they have a a Tegan Knox is returning and then there was one more match I'm forgetting but it was a pretty stacked card though so I'll probably watch that first but again I thought NXT was the better show last week and I thought Dynamite had the better show this week so I Uh. thought you know it's going to come to a certain point where I'll always watch NXT first and then Dynamite but if they keep going back and forth like this I'll probably just switch off every other week
1: yeah so NXT has a, a new Cruiserweight champion. Um, the belt is still purple. Uh, Leo Rush defeated Drew Gulak. We have uh, it, Rhea Ripley wants to uh, get at Shayna Baszler for her world title. I like the the, the the Velveteen Dream stuff with Roderick Strong. And the main event was Walter and Kushida. Um, I'm trying to figure out what was a better... You know, it, it, it's funny because me, man, I, I just ultimately think at some point in time they're gonna have to leave a full, uh, full sale, man. I, I just even I felt it like, man, like I, if, if I'm watching Dynamite on TNT and there's a bigger crowd. Now, mind you, the crowd, which is crazy, you, you could do a, you could do an arm drag on on Dynamite and crowd would say this, this is fucking awesome. It's like no matter what you <laughs> do, no matter what you do. Yeah. the crowd is into it, I could do yep. a, a standing yep. drop kick and the crowd would go crazy for it. NXT yep. is a little different because it's not so many people in the crowd, so you, it, it could kind of turn you off as a casual uh, viewer and fan. So um, I did see, I started with Dynamite first. Then, I, you know me, I went back and there. I, I, I clicked back and forth, click back and forth, and stuff like that. So, But when NXT went over uh, the extra 15 minutes so I I, I saw oh, that did they? yeah I, I think they're going they're going extra 10 extra 15 because it this, this is two weeks in a row now I did not know they
0: did that I watched it after the fact I didn't yeah. know they went after 10
1: that's that's pretty crazy that's why I was like oh that they, they think they slick because all right they, cool yeah. it, it, and they, it's funny because Sean Raw Sapp tweeted the same thing that I told you last week that yeah. what if what if aew went on 757. And I'm mm-hmm. like, why the fuck not? Because if, 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 you, if you're going to go on later, I'm going to go on before you. It's just little mm-hmm. little tactical games that they can play. But if you ask me what was a better show, I, I couldn't even tell you because I think they kind of even. They, they both kind of gave me different things at, at different times. But I, I'll ask you, what did AEW do differently in a good or bad way in week two? And what did NXT do differently in a good or bad way?
0: What did they do differently than week one? Um, again, I thought AEW had a better effort overall than they did the first week. They kind of scrapped what didn't work. I mean, the onstage stuff wasn't bad, where they had Tony Schiavone interview uh, SCU and in Lucha Brothers. Mm-hmm. It was kind of random just because I know they were hyping up the tag team title tournament, but neither team was on the show this week. So it's not like a build to a match. I I don't know. It was kind of it was kind of pointless in in retrospect. Um, but they didn't do that this week. They got rid of the you know sideline thing with like what they did with Kevin Smith as I mentioned earlier. They got rid of that stuff. They focused more on the matches. And I did like this too. They did an in ring promo. Now again, I'd rather they didn't kick off the show with it. I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think NXT is going to do that. That's a Raw thing. That's a SmackDown thing. I don't like that. It's it's one of the Biggest cliches, at least with WWE, kicking off with a promo. It's a fucking wrestling show. Start off with a match. That's what people want to see. And that's what both shows did this week, and I like that a lot. Um, But they did have Jericho come out, talk for five minutes, like you said earlier, about the inner circle. Great promo. The guy's a master of the mic. He's in his element as a heel. He absolutely was the right choice. I will argue with anyone all day long that he was the right choice to put the top title on from day one. He is amazing. Um, And that when he doesn't have a script, I'm not saying it was a great promo because he said bitch and shit and stuff like that, but because he established everyone else in the group, I don't think Jake Hager needs to speak. I think he's perfect the way he is as a bodyguard type role. I think that's perfect for him. Um, You know, he, he was praising Sammy Guevara who was really, really good. I thought that was great. NXT, what do they do differently from what I noticed? Not much. I mean, The overall intensity and sense of urgency that we had last week wasn't there. I mean, last week was like a mini takeover. They had three title matches, two returns, one amazing show. I thought overall it was a good show this week, but not nearly as – I mean, I can't say it wasn't as newsworthy because we did have a new Cruiserweight Champion crowned. but. I don't, the main event was great. The opening was great. Everything else in the middle was just kind of there for NXT this week, at least by NXT standards. It wasn't, like, amazing. Like, <clears throat> we had Brazongo versus Forgotten Sons. All right, whatever. And a couple other squash matches. Um, I think this week's NXT was more about building up next week and the week after that because they have... Dreaming strong in a rematch for the North American title coming up in two weeks. So they did a lot more promotion for the coming weeks than really focusing on this week. That's why I thought Dynamite kind of gets the nod this week in terms of quality. Um, But yeah, I thought Dynamite kind of changed more things about their show than NXT did because NXT never really did much wrong to begin with. I'm not saying they're perfect, Mm -hmm. um, but I think with NXT, another big knock on the show for the past month now, they've had now four shows on the USA Network, They really haven't had many in-ring promos. Now, they made a step in the right direction this week with Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era. They were speaking for a while, and um, I think... Velveteen Dream interrupted them and I think Tommaso Ciampa came out. So that was cool. It wasn't done in a way that was like cliche. It happened right after Roderick Strong's match. So it was organic. It was well done. It wasn't forced by any means. But I think, again, the whole show doesn't need to be promos, but they need to do a better job of establishing these characters. And especially for NXT, even though they've been around longer, there's a lot of new people tuning in on the USA Network that don't know who any of these people are. But I thought they did a better job of that this week with vignettes. You know, they hyped up Balor's return of the vignettes kind of reminding people of who he is and his history on the brand which was well done um, and I thought that was great um, they had a vignette for Tegan Knox who's coming back next week they mm-hmm. did backstage interviews or rather sit down interviews with Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic to hype their match next week so again more of that stuff for both shows is what's needed again to establish the
1: storylines and establish the characters right um, so in your mind that if Again, AEW had a higher rating but you think th- this week justified having the better show, right?
0: Dynamite had the better show. NXT was good but Dynamite definitely had the better show in my opinion anyway.
1: Okay. Uh yeah, man, you know like they said, it's it's a uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint, right? <laughs> exactly, according to WWE, of course. Oh uh, man, but uh, so NXT NXT went down 100,000 viewers. Um AEW like 300,000. Now, did you know, I I did not notice either that they were doing a a simulcast on True TV at the same time.
0: I did not know that until after I got home. And I was like, holy shit, because you know True TV was on and they're like oh wow look dynamite's on so that's pretty mm-hmm. crazy but uh yeah because I didn't know I honestly did not know that Warner Media owned True TV I had no idea yeah um, so they're airing a, they're actually airing the full episodes of dynamite on True TV after the fact like the next day a couple days later right after it airs originally on TNT so I think that's cool I don't really constitute that as uh part of the ratings because it's not like, oh, if I didn't catch it on TNT, I'll go watch it on True TV. Like most people don't know that. It don't, you only really will know that in case you know, unless you only really watch True TV. Um, but yeah, I think it's cool they're airing on another network to get additional exposure for anyone who missed the first go around on TNT.
1: Yeah, because they air it live and then they air the replay, you know, back to back on TNT. Then this new True uh, this new True TV stuff is going on, so the again if you're on if you're airing the same show on two different channels obviously you are you are gonna get more viewers I think they had a uh, hundred and twenty two thousand people watching on true TV along with the one point whatever going on on TNT so uh, again man uh, if you're trying to get the most out, out of uh, your product if, if you can air on two uh, uh, different channels at the same time then then so be it so um yeah, I think AEW won, won this round again. Um, looking forward to see what NXT does going forward. I, I mean, like, in the next three to six months of how do they I, – I, I don't know. I think Hunter might just – might keep it at full sale, but I, I think it's going to come to that point where, from a casual fan standpoint, it's like more people going to watch AEW because of how it's presented on TV, you know?
0: Yeah, well, I read rumors as uh, you know as recently as this morning that they might be hitting the road of NXT as early as January, mm. you know, which is right around the corner. I mean, I think it's really only a matter of when and not if they'll take NXT on the road. And again, I don't want to see them you know do ten thousand people arenas just because it kind of takes no. away from the luster of the takeovers, which can do ten thousand people arenas, uh, ten thousand seat arenas. So um, if they do the smaller arenas, like for example, if they went to the Manhattan center as opposed to MSG or something like that. Like they've been to the arena that AEW was in actually this week. Mm -hmm. I've been there before for an NXT house show a few years ago. So like if they do the exact same type of arenas that AEW is doing, then I think that's what's best. Um, The Lowell Memorial Auditorium. Memorial Auditorium. Raw used to be there years ago. Um, Ring of Honor's done a few shows there. NXT's been there for a number of house shows. They should run arenas like that as opposed to the Barclays Center and stuff like that because – I don't think they'll sell out the full arena, nor should they kind of get too ahead of themselves. For takeovers, they can. Maybe not so much the regular show that has like right. you know um, Rhea Ripley versus Aaliyah on it. Like I don't think that's going to sell out. Tick, you know, I don't think that's going to put butts in the seats, according to Tony Schiavone. Um, but nonetheless, though, I think it's really only a matter of when, not if. As I said earlier, that they're going to go on the road, which is probably for the best. I like the. You know, the nature of the show right now where it's filmed, I've always loved Full Sail and the atmosphere it provides, but it looks Bush League when you look, when you, I mean, before it didn't right. really seem out of place because it was, you know, on the network, it's now right. a long show, who cares? But now that they're going head to head with the AEW Dynamite. They kinda sorta need to take it on the road to kind of go to mm-hmm. look better. I mean, it's WWE and they're doing a hundred people at full sale. Right. Whereas AEW, it wasn't completely sold out. I'll tell you that right now. It was yeah, far from I sold saw out. It. I
1: saw the pictures. I saw the yeah, pictures. Yeah,
0: it was not sold out. I don't want people to get it twisted. But they did a lot of people though. It was a rowdy crowd. I think NXT will do around that same amount of people in arenas like that. So, I think it's smart, maybe it's every other week, maybe it is every week. I don't know, but I think it's something that will be happening sooner rather than later and I have I don't think they've announced any ticket on like um, on sale ticket dates or whatever for um, the January shows they, I think they have through the end of the year through December but I don't think they've announced if NXT is going to be happening at full sale in early 2020. I know they signed some sort of agreement with full sale recently for them to stay there for the foreseeable future but again that could mean that they're there every other week or you know they, they go on the road once a month like I think stuff like that would be, Absolutely beneficial to the brand to make them feel more, you
1: know, big league right. next to AEW Dynamite. Um, for Jericho, I did there was a little conversation on Twitter, I think on Wednesday or even Thursday, how some fans really felt really feel that while Jericho was with the WWE. He was never like the top guy, the top star. I mean, he was a big star, but he was never like the top guy like um, for the company like Stone Cold, The Rock, Hunter, and, you know, Taker and those guys. But now he's finally getting that opportunity, although be it he's 48 years old, but now he's now being that, that top guy for AEW. Um was it ever a, a was it ever a point that Jericho could have been, at least for a little bit, the top guy in the WWE, and if not, how surprising it is to you that now him being at this age, you know, even even at WCW, he was he was never the top guy because they had Hogan, Hall and Nash, yeah. and Flair and, and Piper and whatever, but now he's finally finally. After all this time, getting to be the guy, the man of the of entire company. And what do you say about that?
0: So I saw the tweet that you're talking about, and then I saw people replying saying, like, dude, he's a, he was the first ever undisputed champion. How was he not a top guy? That's not what the original tweet argued. I don't know why mm-hmm. people are getting this twisted. It wasn't that he said he's not a top guy. Mm-hmm. The tweet said, tippy top guy. He's talking about, like, face of the company. He's talking, like, Austin. He's talking rock. John he's talking Cena. Cena. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he's talking those type of people. He's not talking, you know— Triple H was never the guy. He wasn't. The Undertaker was never the guy. So Mm -hmm. if people want to make that argument about Jericho, yeah, Triple H is a fucking, what, 14-time world champion. He also was never the tippy-top guy. Only like five or six people can say they were that guy. So it's no surprise that Jericho was never that guy in WWE. Mm-hmm. He was never going to be. Um, there was a lot of people that never were going to be. Shawn Michaels, I guess you can't argue that he was throughout the 90s. Bret Hart too. Right. Never Triple H. Triple H, I mean, yeah, they built around him on Raw for a few years in the early 2000s, but he was never the face of the company. You know, Taker, same thing. He was always a supporting character behind everyone else, even though he is the most recognizable name. One of the most recognizable names of the last 25 years. Um, Jericho, the timing was just never right. Now, I know he had one of those amazing runs in 2008 as the World Heavyweight Champion. That heel run, that feud with uh, with Shawn Michaels was just unbelievable. But again, he wasn't going to be the face of WWE at 40-something years old at that point in WWE when they had John Cena and Randy Orton and so many other people coming up at that point. Um, It just wasn't going to happen. It's not that he's not talented or wasn't capable of it. He was just not the guy they wanted to build around. But it's happening now Um, not to discredit Jericho, but it's happening now because AEW is a fresh promotion and they just got started. They need a big name at the top of the card for people to recognize. Like, okay, I know that guy. I'll watch for that guy. He's their world champion. That's cool. Which is why I thought it was smart to put the belt on him over Adam Page. Um, But they just don't have that guy yet. When they do get that guy and they do groom that next star to be the face of that promotion, Mm -hmm. Jericho will move aside and be, again, not a loser, but like be... What he's been for the last 20 years now, helping put other people over. Like they're building him up so strong now. So it means something when someone knocks him down down the road. Oh, right. Um, whether it be an Adam Page or a Kenny Omega. Or even a John Moxley, like if they want to make him the face of their promotion, I think that would work. He also, despite being champion for like three or four months a few years ago, was never the guy in WWE. Um, you know, you can even say the same thing about Seth Rollins. He's been a top star now for years. There really is no current face of WWE. It's just about the brand itself and not about one particular person. Mm. With Jericho, though, I don't want to say he's... A big fish in a small pond, but they don't have a level of a Jericho like star right now. They just don't. I mean, they have Kenny Omega, but he's not the guy to build around at the moment. Just mm. because, you know, you and I know who he is, but the regular viewing audience on TNT probably doesn't, because um, he's never wrestled for WWE before. Cody has, but you know, he's not he's not the face of the company. I know he made the company. He's a vi or a, you know executive vice president, and whatever. I don't think he's that guy. Um, I think the guy for right now is Jericho, and then at some point he'll pass that torch to either Adam Page or Omega or someone else. But um, nonetheless, though, I think that's why. I mean, he's also doing great work too. It's not for nothing. It's not like they just named him the top guy and that's it. Because mm-hmm. it was a you know um, a process of elimination or really just whatever, just because he was the only notable name there. He's doing amazing work right now um, as the heel champion, and he's been doing this great work. It's not a new ri- new thing elevation that Jericho is doing some of the best work of his career currently right he's been doing this stuff since he went to Japan a few years ago mm-hmm. even when he was with WWE people will shit on WWE all day long but you can't argue with me that his best work started back in that 2016 run when he came back was doing the list all that other shit of course it's a far cry from what he's doing right now because he was never world champion at that point but you know what dude he came close Vince almost put the universal title on him before they decided to go with Brock instead so it was close Um But nonetheless, though, like the last three years of his career have been absolutely outstanding. And it's really cool to see because he can still hold his own. Now, he's not the Jericho of 98 doing fucking, you know, lion salts every two seconds, but he's still very good. He's great on the mic. And I think he's even better in the unscripted environment of AEW
1: listen man I can't I can't disagree with a word you just said I think it's uh, perfectly well said jericho is one of my all-time favorites and just seeing him now in this in this position to you know be the top guy of the company but to also help out those guys because deep down he knows you know not to sound cocky from his standpoint but it's like if he's if jericho is not in aew right now, I mean, we're having a totally different conversation because, uh, yeah, there is Cody, the Bucks, and Omega, and I get all that, even even Moxley. But none of them have the charisma or the character or the mic work or even the in-ring work like Jericho has, and he's fucking 48 years old. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's, uh, I think, listen, uh, they're doing great with him. They should be happy he's there. They should be lucky he's there. Um, but, it, you know, it. It'll be fun to see him be, the, you know, the top guy of this company and to see who's going to replace him uh, in that spot going forward. Um, I did get a chance to, before I, I switch it up, I did get a chance to kind of ask Twitter, like, you know, I I do want to know who is your favorite, not you, I, I, I told them, who is your favorite um, AEW guys are right now? Just just to kind of test the waters and kind of see if I, if I get the same answer. So, um, I had... A-Rod 0034 say the Lucha Bros. I had Prime, Turkaloo say Pac and Omega. Pac was there on on Wednesday doing some commentary during uh, Moxley's mm-hmm. match. Um, Ernest Christian said MJF and private party. I, I, I love MJF. Um, just the mic work and him coming out trying to save Cody with, with, with a fucking scarf around his neck. Which Amazing. <laughs> um, gl- uh, Ed Molina uh, as far as the women's go Riho Favorite tag team, Lucha Brothers, and in the men's division, it'd be MJF, Carlos Caesar, Cody, Pac, MJF, Jericho, also Lucha Bros, and um, Santana Ortiz, uh, Quinn underscore Williams, Darby Allen, MJF, uh, what's the guy's name? Mike, Mike Fresh, 803, Adam Page, Sean Wol- Wolford, Jericho, MJF, that's it for me, at Chef Guns, Private Party, MJF, SCU, Lucha Bros, Santana Ortiz, and Orange Cassidy. That's that's like the whole fucking roster. Um Brian Mumble, Private Party. What else we got here? Makai Mikhail M- M- underscore uh, ice, Darby Allen. Uh, Gustavo, Lucha Bros. Uh, he put a Y2J, Y2J. Uh Perrin Williams, Lucha Bros, Cody and Omega, the Peter Van Show, Sean Spears, okay um and cashmere thoughts i need to see the luchasaurus on tv soon so you're kind of getting the same people mm-hmm. as far as yeah that's what, what i was thinking too <laughs> i mean which is expected but i think to your point real quick is like they have to establish other people like i think maybe one or none said moxley if, I, if I'm mistaken not one person maybe one said said moxley um yeah so it's like again. It's brand new. They got work to do. I'm not picking on them, but I, I like what I see so far. They are, they are creating competition, and it remains to be seen how NXT changes their game going forward. Uh, before I get to the draft, which is tonight on SmackDown, so when we do the show next week, we would we would definitely know who's on what brand. I want to get your quick thoughts on the, the the Friday Night SmackDown debut pretty much kofi kingston losing the the world title to brock in like five seconds I, I think many thought that brock was gonna win some thought it was gonna be a squash some thought kofi might get five minutes but when they got to the ring and it's like 9 53 you're kind of seeing all right this, this might be a wrap pretty soon what was your take on brock becoming the world champion and in the fashion that he did it in
0: I mean, again, this this could take forever to assess just because there's so many things to break down here with how it happened, the fact that it happened. I mean, the fact that Brock won the championship didn't really bother me. I think a lot of people would agree. The big problem with the finish was the fact that Kofi lost in 10 seconds mm. because it, it takes a big old dump on Kofi Kingston, which honestly, I wasn't like upset. I wasn't frustrated about as many as other people were just because. It's Kofi Kingston. I know that he had a a very good reign as champion. I'm not going to discount that. He had a very good reign. He was one of the best-booked world champions they've had in years. The guy rarely ever lost. But at the end of the day, this is the same guy that's been shaking his ass and throwing out pancakes for the last five years now as part of the New Day. He's not a threat to Brock Lesnar. I don't think they were going to have him go in there and go 50-50 with Brock or even fucking 70-30 if they were going to run that angle afterward with Kane. Kane's a legitimate athlete. I mean, they're all athletes, but I mean, Kane is a fucking former UFC world heavyweight champion. So they needed to have him go in there, Brock, that is, have him look strong against this scrub in their mind, Kofi Kingston. So Brock looks like more of a threat against Kane Velasquez, who he lost to legitimately in the UFC years ago. Mm -hmm. So I can see it from that standpoint. At the same time, though, it takes a big old dump on Kofi, and not just Kofi, but everyone the guy beat as WWE champion. Daniel Bryan, Randy Orton, Dolph Ziggler, Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, AJ right. Styles, Sami Zayn, everyone who struggled to beat Kofi for the past six months. They they all just got beat within 10 seconds, essentially, the same way that Kofi did. Because Brock's better than all of them, which might be true. Um, but still, Brock. You know, I like the fact, I, I, I really like the fact that in the last year or so they've made Brock more vulnerable. Because there was one thing when he broke the streak five years ago that, okay, he's unstoppable, no one can beat him. And then they had Goldberg beat him in a minute and a half. That didn't really benefit anybody because Goldberg's friggin' 50 years old and he lost to Brock anyway at WrestleMania the following year, so whatever. But then Brock went on to lose to Roman. He lost to Seth a few times. It's like, okay, Brock's kind of knocked down a few pegs here, so it's more realistic if a guy like Bray Wyatt faces Brock, and he could beat Brock Lesnar. You know, at this point, after beating Kofi in 10 seconds, I don't want to see anyone else face Brock for the foreseeable future, because they would get beat in two minutes. We're back to the days of 2015-2016 Brock Lesnar, 2017 as well, so I don't know. I was of two minds on it. Overall, I just was not thrilled with the finish. I think poor Putting the belt on Brock was the right call just because they're on Fox now. Um, They want to generate buzz. They did the angle afterward with Kane, which I thought was really well done. I, for one, I'm looking forward to it, but that's just me. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I just, I, I, the real question is where does Kofi go from here? And by the time that raw or rather SmackDown airs tonight, or maybe even next week, we'll get a better idea. Maybe he goes to raw maybe they turn him heel and have him go heel on a new day because he's so frustrated. Who knows? Um, That would be one way to kind of make things interesting or keep Kofi interesting, keep him relevant. But other than that, I think it's right back down to the mid-card with him because there's no shot. Like, I know you guys were talking in the group chat, you and Mark, a few uh, uh, last week about it, that maybe Kofi will get his come up or, you know, get his retribution and Brock will get his comeuppance Mm -hmm. at some point at the hands of Kofi. I can guarantee you right now, it's not going to happen. I do not see a scenario where they go back to that match, and they have Kofi beat Brock. Not a shot in hell is that is that happening. <laughs> I mean, they, they could always do the rematch yeah. on like an episode of SmackDown or at a pay-per-view, but again, I think it would end the same. Even if it's a two- or three-minute match this time around, I still I still see Kofi getting squashed. Um, if it was like Seth, like when he got beaten 10 seconds by Brock at Extreme Rules, like, okay, I could see Seth coming back and beating Brock, which he did, because Seth's a bigger name. Kofi's not that big of a name. He was booked really strong for six months. I do not at all see him a threat to Brock. And I always figured from the moment Kofi won the championship, as sad as it is to say, I figured he would win it, lose it, and we would never see him in the main event scene again. Um, I don't want to compare it. You know, you got to get the obligatory Junior Mahal mention in there, but I figured – You know, kind of the same thing where Jinder won it, held it for a couple months. His reign was terrible. That was a completely different story. And then he never went for it again. He never held it again, which was the right call. Kofi deserves better than that. I think Kofi could be a top tier player on SmackDown if he stays there, Mm -hmm. just because he is really good. He has been really popular. By all accounts, his reign was successful, got a lot of people talking and made them happy. And, you know, the the pay per view matches were kind of lackluster. But other than that, the guy did really well. So hopefully they give him another shot. But I can guarantee you right now, for anyone getting their hopes up, that he'll beat Brock at some point down the road. You know, he'll get retribution, which would make sense from a storyline standpoint. But this is WWE. It's not going to happen.
1: So if that wasn't an uproar on Twitter on Friday night, Kofi losing the belt, one, two, losing in five seconds, three, Brock <laughs> being the guy to beat him, four, with, you know, was this um, UFC guy coming in, there was a, uh, another major uproar on Sunday night, probably even more than the Kofi losing the belt. I would say so, yeah. Um, that in the, we can fast forward through the entire Hell in a Cell, now, I, I mind you, Becky and Sasha had a great Hell in a Cell match, I tell, I tell you that, um majority of the card were just fillers you know again it, 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 there was four matches on the card until like an hour before which i would have been fine by it but they you, know, they you know they had to add four more matches to make it eight but neither, mm-hmm. neither here or there but the main event it's Seth, is bray hell in a cell the lights are red i I, I really don't care if it's red or white. I really don't give a shit about that. Um, mm-hmm. But the finish, it was a, 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 a stoppage. People thought it was it was a DQ. Um, I thought it was a DQ in, in at the beginning. Then they cleared it up saying, oh, it was a referee stoppage because whatever the case may be, Bray goes home without the belt. Fans are booing the match. They're booing Seth. They're booing the red lights. They're chanting AEW. They're chanting refund. All this stuff going on in in the Sacramento crowd, and it just goes off like like a like what the fuck was that kind of moment again? <laughs> again, that was a, a whole week ago. People still bring it up, but now with the draft coming on board, and it's like they put a little tweet out, but they took it down, saying the rematch is going to be at Survivor Series, and now we don't we don't know if that's really the plan or not, but. In your quick estimation, like, can you kind of tell me a scenario where it wasn't all that bad, kind of finish, where you kind of give them the benefit of the doubt, saying, hmm, maybe they they would, I think they're trying to do this, but I think we're at a point where good guy Seth is wearing thin on fans. And it's like when you put him in the ring with Bray, he's the fiend now. The fans are, are totally behind him. And when Bray walks out not champion or uh, it, it's a weird kind of finish, it leaves the fans going home little like cheated or like they, they did not get their money's worth. So try to explain this whole finish and maybe even a scenario where, okay, I got a little percentage of maybe this this is where they, they're, they're trying to go to.
0: I don't know if I can explain it. it just, <laughs> no, nothing about this made sense. It was so stupid. Um, this was one of the most nonsensical conclusions to a WWE pay-per-view I've seen in a long time. And that's saying a lot because they've covered a lot of ground. Even last year's show ended with Brock ending mm. the Roman Braun match inside Hell in the Cell, not being it. He interfered. That was it. They didn't even call for the bell, I don't think. They did here, um, not in that match, and the show just ended. It was a terrible finish then. This was even worse Mm -hmm. because it wasn't like, okay, Braun needs to win the title. Bray needed to win here, and if they weren't going to put the belt on him, then why the fuck did you do the match in the first place? And this isn't the first time that they've done something like this. Again, they did it with Roman and Braun last year, but I think back to CM Punk and Ryback uh, a number of years ago when Ryback was undefeated and... It wasn't the right time to beat him yet, but they didn't, it also wasn't the right time to take the title off Punk because they were going to have Punk face rock at the Royal Rumble a few months later. And they were inside Hell in the Cell, and it made no sense to me because you don't want to beat Ryback, but you also don't want to take the title off of Punk. And you can't do DQs inside of a cell. I guess you can, but I mean, the finish, the Sunday's match wasn't a DQ officially. It was a no contest. Who gives a fuck? It was lame either way. It was dumb. So back then they just had... I think they had the referee turn on Ryback. It was a dumb finish then, but this was even worse because we were led to believe that the referee was like, oh, no more, stop the match. And referee stoppage is a real way for the match to end. We've seen it before. They've done it in other matches. But, um... I still thought it was lame just because it made it made Wyatt look weak. And I hate to say that because the guy kicked out of, like, fucking 12 curb stomps, which yeah. was ridiculous. I don't care if you're a fiend, a zombie, whatever. It looked stupid. It makes the move look like shit. Um, and then, despite taking all of that offense and then seemingly being down for the counter or whatever mm-hmm. and – You know, they didn't have him get pinned, but the referee was like, oh, no more. He can't get up like whatever. They had the paramedics come out, which looked absolutely ridiculous that they're putting this fucking guy in a zombie costume on a gurney. How dumb was that? (laughs) And then he gets Uh. up. So you would think, okay, the guy's dead, like Rollins just smashed his face in. He's hurt, he's incapacitated, but he got up anyway. Now, I know nothing about the Wyatt character supposed to make sense because the guy's uh, the fiend, whatever, like I get it. But that was just fucking dumb. That was just stupid. So it was a really poor finish. Mm-hmm. They had to know that they were going to get the backlash they did because everyone wanted to see Wyatt win. Not only did he not win, he was made to look like a fucking bitch. Kofi, or not Kofi, I'm sorry. Seth was made to look like a bitch too. The crowd booed him out of the building. It's not their fault. So I hate all the people like giving Seth, you know, death threats on Twitter and shit like that. But you know, I think Seth even before Sunday was kind of wearing thin as a babyface, as you said, Randy. Yeah, and he has been for months now. I would argue since WrestleMania, and I hate to say that just because at this time a year ago he was like one of the hottest things going in the entire company, alongside Braun Strowman. As strange as that is to say, he was really hot there for a while in 2018 as a babyface. And they have just completely squandered that shit in 2019. So um, coming out of the draft, my estimation is that they should turn him heel. Maybe not ASAP. Someone asked me, okay, maybe was the finish design to do a double turn? I don't think so. Not at all. Um, But they can spin it that way. If, if, if coming out of the draft, they keep Rollins on Raw – but they bring in more baby faces to Raw for someone to replace Rollins mm-hmm. because they don't really have a top baby face right now. I was okay with them turning AJ a few months ago because they had Rollins as the top face. But I think even AJ at this point would be a better top face than Rollins because at least he's more well liked. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really have that guy right now. You know, every top face they've had, they've either squandered or turned heel. Braun isn't that guy. He lost all of his momentum months ago, even a year or so ago. So he's not that guy. Kevin Owens, maybe. Daniel Bryan, I feel like he could be. But at the same time, he could have been the face of Raw like five years ago. I feel like it's 2014 all over again if they revisit Bryan as the face of Raw. So maybe not him. I don't really know who else there is. Ricochet isn't quite at that level yet. Um, Ray Mysterio is great even now, but he's not that guy at this stage of his career. Uh, maybe if they bring up a Matt Riddle or, or someone like that, I guess could be that person, which would be kind of cool. Um, Kofi isn't really that guy. I don't know who can really fill that void if Rollins was to turn heel, but I think in the long run, you know, ultimately they should turn Rollins heel, have him go back to doing what he was most comfortable doing as a heel. He was only a heel on his own for like two years. I think a lot of people forget about that. He was a heel from 2014 to 2016. He's been a baby face ever since. So he's been a baby face longer than he ever was a heel on his own, which is kind of crazy, but he was always a better heel. So hopefully at some point they do turn him. But my question is, who do you have filled up void if they do turn Rollins? That's mm-hmm. what I really want to find out.
1: In my honest opinion, I've been told you this for years now. I think um, like this should this should be the end of a Hell in a Cell pay per view. I, I really think that we don't need it. You know, Hell in a Cell was designed to be a specialty match to really end a rivalry, to call it, to be the end, and. I think you're you're you also wearing that match thin where it, it, it doesn't feel special no more. Like certain matches nowadays are more like, Okay, they're in Hell in a Cell, but did they really need it? Like I, I honestly, did Becky and Sasha really need Hell in a Cell?
0: No, if they didn't do it inside Hell in the Cell I wouldn't have complained, but they did make the most of it. It mm-hmm. was a great match. It was one of the better Cell matches they've done in recent years, and if that is the end of the feud, I think it would have made it that much better cuz if they go back and do a rematch like next mm. week on Raw, then no, it was a waste. But I think right. as of right now, assuming the feud's over and as great as that match was, I'm glad it was inside the Cell, but I do agree the pay-per-view should be done away with. Right.
1: But they did do a great job doing some innovative stuff and, and using the cell. I don't think Bray and Seth even used the cell. It's like, come on. You have this no. big fucking cage on you and you, you don't want to use it. But Becky and Sasha going into it, I didn't think that it, it needed to be in in, in, in in that kind of environment. Um, that's why I like that. Your money in the banks, your chambers, they got to be held at a special like a WrestleMania or, or, or to really call off a big time rivalry, will they change it? I have no idea because I've been I've been saying this for, for so long, but I think Sunday was like yeah even even Bray and Seth like y'all yeah, did not need the Hell in a Cell. I no, think the only reason absolutely was, yeah, not the only reason why it was in the cell <laughs> it was because Hell in a Cell is like your Halloween time type of pay-per-view, and uh, you needed to do something with, oh, Bray got a mask on, he's evil, and kids are afraid of him. Alright, so now we're going to put this guy inside a, a, a demonic structure, and that's it. There was no build, no reason why this is going to be a, a, a one-on-one match, or even like a, a a regular steel cage match. It did not need the hell in a cell, but I think going forward, remains to be seen where they go in, in, in the draft, if they're on the same show, and if that if if that taken down tweet winds up being correct, that the the, the rematch will be at Survivor Series. We'll see what, how that goes. But um, I, I really think Seth, as as champion, as a good guy, is wearing thin. The the crowd is uh is now showing that because they're going they're going he's going going up against one of their favorites. And, you know, Seth is not cool and this and that. So maybe not a full heel turn, but you start seeing like this kind of like, all right, like, fuck you kind of uh, type arrogance going forward. But um, before I do wrap it up, I do have or we do have the draft coming up tonight. And I do want to run off a couple names at you and you kind of tell me where you think these superstars are going to end up where they should end up because apparently there's 29 uh, available people for for SmackDown and there's 39 people who are eligible for the draft on Raw. So I think some are kind of like a given, but I'll just still ask you either way. So currently... The Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch is going to be on Raw, right?
0: Becky Lynch has got to remain on Raw. I would okay. assume they're going to keep whoever holds like the brand designated titles. Maybe not necessarily the mid card champions; those could switch. I would keep you know AJ Nakamura where they are, but I would assume Becky stays where she is. Charlotte stays where she is. The revival probably go to SmackDown. They're still as on Raw as of right now, and. Um,
1: Okay, so so you think the champions currently are staying where they at? Right? Yeah, I think all the champions are staying where they're at, yeah. Okay, so now they also announced Charlotte and Bailey again for the title tonight on SmackDown.
0: I, mm, I mean, I guess if they put the belt right they could put the belt back on Bailey and have Bailey stay on SmackDown. Mm. I think it's more likely they keep the belt on Charlotte. Okay. First of all, what the fuck was the point if they put the belt on Charlotte? Just to make it ten times, give me a break. Um, But anyway, I I think Charlotte will keep the title. She should keep the title. Mm -hmm. And then I think they could switch Bailey and Banks because they already exhausted Sasha and Becky. They've already done Bailey and Charlotte a couple times. Right. I mean, the four horsewomen are the only women they guess they really care about. So I guess they could put Bailey back on Raw, have her feud with Becky at some point, maybe coming out of the draft, mm-hmm. and then do uh, Sasha and Charlotte rekindle that rivalry eventually. I know people are going to be sick to hear that, but um, still, eventually, I think they'll get back to that. But I do think Sasha and Bailey will switch shows. Okay, so Roman Reigns SmackDown, right? Um. Yeah, I would keep Roman Reigns on SmackDown. I don't think there's any reason to move him. He just moved to SmackDown in April. Right. Um. <laughs> the o- The OC. <laughs> keep them together. Keep them on Raw. They they broke them apart once before in the draft three years ago. It was a dumb decision then. It would be dumb now. So keep them right where they're at on Raw. All right. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Keep him on Raw. I think it's only inevitable before he becomes Universal Champion, or at least he should be. So I would keep him on Raw. Drew McIntyre. I could see him going to SmackDown. I don't really think it matters. I kind of I don't know. It's 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 tough to say because I don't know if he's going to get anywhere on Raw, but hey, maybe he's the guy that they build around as the top face on Raw. So I would keep maybe him on Raw and they turn him face though eventually. Randy Orton. I would move him to Raw. He's been on SmackDown since he have been on SmackDown since the first draft 3 years ago. Damn. Um so yeah, I would move him to
1: Raw in the draft. Uh you already said Sasha uh with SmackDown, Ricochet. Keep him on Raw. Braun Strowman.
0: I would probably keep him on Raw, but I think he's going to SmackDown with the Tyson Fury thing. And they kind of built around him on SmackDown last week. So probably going to SmackDown for the first time in his career. The new
1: sexual chocolate of Bobby Lashley. <laughs>
0: Jesus. Um, I would like to see him get a fresh start
1: on SmackDown. I assume he stays put on Raw, though. Oh, uh, I mean, he would have to bring Lana with him. Um, oh, God. Uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross.
0: Uh, Keep them on Raw. I I mean, I guess there's a chance they could be separated in the draft, Mm -hmm. but um, if they do get drafted, I would like to see Nikki Cross on SmackDown and keep Alexa Bliss on Raw, but it, it doesn't really matter, I guess. Lacey Evans. I would move her to SmackDown. The Viking Raiders. Uh, keep them on Raw, especially if they beat Rude and Ziggler. Ziggler to become the champions next week. I don't think they will. They might prolong that feud, but I would keep them on Raw.
1: Okay, you said the revival would stay on SmackDown. Uh, Natalia, uh... God, who gives a shit? But probably <laughs> stay on Raw. The the Street Profits.
0: Raw. I mean, they've been appearing on Raw anyway, so I would put them on Raw. Uh, Cesaro. I would move him back to SmackDown. I would move him and realistically back to like NXT or NXT UK, but I know that won't happen, so I'd move him back to I mean, SmackDown. Yeah, He's done you, nothing wrong.
1: You could also tell me that like or you know, a guy like Cesaro, you know what, I'd okay. rather see him at NXT, but uh, Kevin Owens I would keep him on SmackDown. Okay, these guys don't really matter to me. Chad Gable uh, don't really matter. Uh Drew Gulak, Chad Gable, where they go? Gulak, move him. I mean, he just lost the
0: Cruiserweight Championship. It's weird how they only have a couple of 205 live guys in the draft, but not everybody. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, like Gentleman Jack Gallagher isn't eligible, apparently, according to that list in the pool. Um, Mike Kanellis isn't on there, so it's a little weird. But they do have Akira Tozawa, Alberto Carrillo, people like that. It's strange. So um, I guess he could be headed to the main roster. I don't really see him doing much. I think Drew Gulak, Drew Gulak is great, but I'd be shocked if they actually did anything with him. Um, I would keep him in NXT.
1: Seth Rollins, Raw, right? Yes. Brock Lesnar, SmackDown. Yep. Yep. Charlotte, right now, SmackDown. Yeah, even if she drops the title, I would keep her
0: on SmackDown. Nakamura. I would keep him on SmackDown. would not be opposed. I mean, I guess if AJ's on Raw, then he would have to stay on SmackDown. Alistair Black. I would move him to Raw. They've done nothing with him on SmackDown. I think Paul Heyman's a big yeah. a, a fan of Alistair Black, so I guess that would make sense anyway. The New Day. I would
1: keep them on SmackDown. All three, or would you separate One. Like um, Kofi go to Raw. That's a
0: possibility, and, you know. but I would keep them together. Um, I think they should stay together until they break up. I mean, again, it's it's more likely they just kind of go their separate ways. But um, I guess they could move Kofi to Raw, keep Biggie and Xavier on SmackDown. They need tag teams, right? So they need to stay together. At least two of them do. Um, but I think it would be kind of a lackluster end of the New Day if they just got drafted. That'd be a really shitty week for Kofi if he lost the title <laughs> and got drafted away from uh, the New Day. So I'd keep them together on SmackDown.
1: Hey, you know him and Seth never got a chance to finish that match at the WrestleMania, so that could be something to look forward going to going forward. Um, Daniel
0: Bryan, mm-hmm. I would keep him on SmackDown.
1: Bailey, you said can go to Raw. Uh, Luke Harper, Eric Rowan.
0: Um, again, they need tag teams. I think they're listed as separate in the pool mm-hmm. on the website, which is interesting. Right. Um, so they're not officially a tag team. So I could see one I mean they've both been on SmackDown since day one. So yeah. I guess I could see one of them moving. Uh probably Rowan. I would keep Harper on SmackDown, but I could see Rowan moving to Raw. The Miz. Realistically, you know my thoughts on this. I know you I know your thoughts on this too, Randy. I mm-hmm. think SmackDown is the perfect home for the Miz. Right. I would have never put him on Raw in the first place but i don't think he's moving just because the miss and mrs show's the miss and mrs show airs on usa and i don't think he's going to fox so i think he stays put on raw even though i want him on smackdown ali keep him on smackdown
1: uh your favorite king corbin
0: honestly i like corbin um i could see him going back to smackdown i don't really think it matters either way mm-hmm. but um we've already seen him in Rollins like a million times so you know fuck it, put him on Smackdown <laughs> um, Elias um, keep him on Smackdown he just moved in in April
1: uh, Ziggler and Rude right now will be on Raw Samoa Joe well Ziggler still I think
0: he's technically on Smackdown right now so I, I would move him uh, to Raw but um okay Samoa Joe, again, another guy I would love to see on SmackDown. He hasn't been seen since that MSG show that we went to like a month ago, which is weird. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's hurt or whatever, but
1: yeah, I would like to see him back on SmackDown, but I'm not sure. Um, So the Kabuki Warriors, I think they can float, right?
0: I don't know. They haven't made that clear. That's the issue. Um, If they can't, I want to see them on Raw so we can get Asuka and Becky and Kyrie and Becky at some point Mm, to give her some fresh opponents. Right. Um, But if if they float, it doesn't matter. But I would like to see them designated to the Raw brand because after they lose it, they're going to stay on that show wherever they lose it. So I, I hope they go to Raw. Rusev. Uh, I guess he's going to Raw. He's been all over Raw recently, even yeah. though he's a SmackDown guy, so probably going to Raw. Cedric. SmackDown.
1: Rey Mysterio. SmackDown. I don't care about truth. <laughs> Car- <laughs> yeah, um, it doesn't
0: really matter. No matter. I think he might
1: go to Raw because he's been all over Raw anyway. All right, these uh, AOP and Heavy Machinery tag teams.
0: Heavy Machinery I like on SmackDown. I'd move AOP to SmackDown, too. Damn, so a lot of tag teams on Smack who, who who fuck Raw got? Well, no, I said um I said Street Profits for Raw and I said um Rude and Ziggler for Raw and Viking Raiders, so they've got them. And SmackDown I got, you know, heavy machinery, AOP, and, and OC Day. too, yeah. And O C. And revival. And OC's on Raw. Yeah, so I think it's pretty even. Uh Andrade. Uh, I would keep him on SmackDown. I mean, actually, I'm sorry. He might have to move to Raw just because if Aleister Black goes to SmackDown, if he goes to Raw, then Zelina would have to go with him because they're married, mm-hmm. and then Andrade would have to go to Raw. They, they did this shit a couple months ago, so wow. um, Andrade would probably have to go to Raw. Uh,
1: who's relevant less on, left on, the, on this roster? Don't care about gender. Mojo Riley, No Way Jose, Dana Brooks, Shelton Benjamin, Hawkins, and Ryder. No, the the iconics i'd probably keep them on smackdown but it doesn't really matter uh your favorite fire
0: and desire <laughs> i i would keep them on smackdown i think i
1: think raw has enough women smackdown kind of needs the help um i'd probably just keep them where they are um so tonight we get seth and roman the winner of that gets the the first overall pick which doesn't really matter um Regardless of who gets the first pick, who do you out of everybody, who do you think goes number one?
0: It's a good question. Mm, I mean, Seth Rollins was number
1: one a few years ago because he he wasn't even the champion at that point. Uh-huh. Um. And I think before you answer, I think it's very important that what I'm reading is that USA and Fox are going to be involved, heavily involved in who goes where. So this this is yeah. not just a WWE mm-hmm. thing. I want this. I want Dana Brooke here and this and that. It just Fox is going to be like I want X Y Z W on this show, and USA is going to be like I want these on my show. So I think. That's kind of, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but I think, um, because they have a whole bunch of people that's going to be on the show as far as Fox and the Joe Buck and the whole, like a real draft kind of feel, which is, which is great. I think step, I think they mentioned Stephanie is going to be announcing all of the, um, the draft picks like how, you know, uh, Adam Silver does with the NBA, um, so Fox and the USA are heavily involved in this draft. So I think that that's very important to point out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess it would only make sense for them to draft the champions first. Cause if not, why not? Um, even though, I mean, Rollins was already the number one pick. I'd rather that I'd rather see Rollins be the number one pick than Brock. Cause it's like, I know Brock's the champion, but it doesn't exactly send the best message about this new era. If he, just, if he's the first pick to SmackDown, um, But, you know, when Rollins was the number one pick to Raw, you know, years ago, he wasn't the champion, but it made sense because that same night or that Sunday or whatever, a battleground, he was having a title match with Dean Ambrose. And it's like, okay, you know, the Raw is confident he'll walk out as the new champion and they want him to take the title with them. So it made sense, but I don't think they really have any title matches scheduled anytime soon for either champion. So it's going to have to be one of those two, but I guess of the two, I'd rather have it be Rollins to raw.
1: Okay. So I'm reading real quick on cage side seats. They're breaking it down of how this is going to work. So I, you probably know, you probably don't know, but it says that there are two different draft pools for this. Um, 10 picks will be made on Friday night uh, to ensure that SmackDown will not be filled with all of the top stars. So Seth pe- people like Seth Brock Charlotte Flair are not allowed to be selected by either brand until October 14th of Raw. Okay. Yeah. Th- though fans will go to bed Friday night already knowing exactly where Becky Lynch, Roman Reigns, and The Fiend have been drafted. So that's why the roster I'm looking at who are available to be drafted on Friday are Becky, Roman, OC, Bray Wyatt, McIntyre, Orton, Sasha, Ricochet, Braun, Bobby Lashley, the Raiders, and a whole bunch of people, and available to be picked on the 14th is Seth, Brock, Charlotte Flair, Nakamura, The New Day, Daniel Bryan, so... Because I guess if you watch Raw, they might draft someone to to SmackDown on that day. I, I don't know. So they're kind of making it real interesting. So I think ten picks go tonight. Some people are not allowed to to be drafted until Monday to give you kind of like a kind of a wait and see approach. But you're not getting a a, a full first round kind of thing tonight, which is okay to to, to yeah. me. But um, yeah. It, it, I was going to say it's
0: smart just because if you do it like if everyone's eligible tonight, dude, then obviously all the big stars would have to go tonight, which would mean that Monday is like a loser day because all the losers (laughs) would go on Monday.
1: You know, so I think it's smart. They're doing it this way. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, I think I think Roman. It's gonna be the first one. Um, now that you
0: mentioned it, I forgot about it. Yeah, Roman could be the first one, but I could also th- I could also see because they're doing Rollins and Reigns tonight. Yeah, and the winner gets the premier pick in the draft. I think Roman could win, and then it's Roman going to SmackDown, or whatever. Um, but also too. Also, instead of Rollins, I, I take that back, Becky Lynch. I think it would make more sense if Becky Lynch was the first picked of Raw because she is the biggest name of anyone on the show right now, so that would make more sense. But also, it remains to be seen, are they blowing up the rosters or are they just like – okay, for example, is everyone on that list in the talent pool getting drafted or – is it just people switching shows? Like, will they pick Rollins for Raw, or is it already implied because he's already on Raw? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not exactly sure. I would just blow up the entire roster and say, hey, Rollins gets redrafted Raw to remind people of where people, you know, are in the draft. Right? Because, you know, right now, people have no idea who's on what show because of the fucking wild card rule. So that's what I would do, but I guess we'll find out tonight.
1: If it were me, I would say Seth and Roman... The winner gets to gets to remain on the on their uh, show that that they're on. Like, yeah, that, that would make that sense. makes the most sense.
0: Yeah, well, I think it also I think it also should be everyone like a complete free for all, and not just assuming that people stay where they are. Because, yeah. for example, like what's stopping like okay, let's say if they're going by those rules, what's stopping SmackDown from selecting Seth Rollins? Like as opposed to Raw saying, "Hey, we want Rollins." Like they have, they should be redrafting everyone, even if they're already, even if they right. if Rollins is already on Raw, they should that should be a pick. Like, okay, we want Rollins on Raw, as opposed to SmackDown saying, "Hey, we, we're just going to take Rollins." You know what I mean? It doesn't make much sense because why wouldn't they just take each other's top stars? I think um, because
1: so. they 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 they're going to assume that if Rollins is is, is holding a red belt, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's staying on Raw. My thing was if Bray if Bray would have won the belt and he got drafted to SmackDown you can bring the WWE championship to Raw and then have Bray change the fucking color from red to blue like okay the universal champion does not have to be a, you know a red belt you could change that shit up you know what i'm saying but i guess they mm-hmm. want to keep it the way it is and if you're the if you're the Raw women's champion uh high indication show that you that person is going to be on Raw the, the Raw tag champions high indication they're gonna be on already on Raw, so they won't even do a redraft. Oh, Raw is redrafting Ziggler and Rude because they're the tag champions, and we, and we we want to keep them. I don't think that I don't think they'll do that, but I think everybody should be eligible. They probably probably do the remaining on Com for those you know for the full list of draftees going on this and that. They could do it on the on the fucking um, Periscope shit afterwards for those who want to follow along. They could do some shit like that. But, you know, who am I? <laughs> you know?
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. I'm not ex- We still have no idea how this thing's going to work. I just wrote in a whole article for What Culture earlier today mm-hmm. listing seven questions that we still have about the draft. Because I know they kind of put that those details out last night, but there's still a lot we don't know. And there's a lot they
1: probably don't know either. So I guess we're just going to find out as we go along. Can't wait for Joe Buck to interview Roman Reigns about being the first draft pick in a draft. No, of course. That's that's exactly how yeah. this thing is going to work. I they, would assume. Yo, they, bro, they're having a lot of people on this show. Like, yeah, from, they're from stacking Fox. the show. Um, I was going to ask you one more, but I don't think I have time for it. Oh yeah, real quick. So WrestleMania thirty six is going to be in Tampa. There's a rumor that Hogan wants to have one more match. I think he said it himself. He he um had an interview with the L A Times that he I'm paraphrasing he doesn't want to officially retire knowing that his final match was with tna he wants to have one more match with the company uh at wrestlemania because it is from his hometown of tampa or what that's where he moved to when he was young tampa florida so he he he, i think he kind of handpicked if it had to pick one it'll be vince obviously he's not going out to you know to fight brock lesnar some shit like that but um one, are you for that, for Hogan having one more hoorah match at WrestleMania in Tampa? And if so, is Vince McMahon like the guy <laughs> to be the one guy to put him in the ring with with Hogan? Is it somebody else? Are you even in favor of all of this?
0: Um, yeah, so it goes both ways, because obviously the guy's you know, however many years old he is, but, and the guy's beaten down to shit. Um, you know, I said years ago when it was first rumored that he was coming back to the company in like 2014, I have no desire to see him in a match at WrestleMania. Um, I don't even know if the guy would pass a physical, but I can see where he's coming from, but that's his own fault, though to wrestle for TNA, that's his own fault. It's not like mm. that he was forced to wrestle there. Right, that's his own fucking choice. So he should just deal with it. You know, Ric Flair, same thing. His last match to date was with Sting in TNA. How sad is that? Um, I don't really think you know. I don't think he should wrestle again because if you have Hogan wrestle again, you got to have Flair wrestle again. Then his you know career on a better note. Um, I'm not even sure what Hogan's last WWE match would have been. Would it have been the Orton match at SummerSlam 06? I guess it probably would be because he left after that. So, Um, I mean, again, a singles match, obviously not. Him and Vince, God, no. No, thank you. But because that WrestleMania 19 match was great. I don't care what anyone says. That was a great match. But um, for what it was, it would have to be like some sort of like a multi-man tag team match. Like obviously not a singles match. Maybe where he doesn't really even do much. Maybe he comes in for the leg drop or something like that. But that's about it. Otherwise, you know, I, I'm really not that interested in seeing another Hogan match in WWE.
1: Uh, yeah, Hogan's last match in WWE was SummerSlam 06, Randy Orton. Yeah, it was. Okay, so it was SummerSlam 06. Okay. So, you yeah, were are talking about if it is at WrestleMania, it'll be 14 years since Hogan had a last match with the company. Holy shit, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, Hogan. Yeah. I mean, listen, man. It's... You know, I know the backstory with the Hogan and, and the racial stuff. And I just think that at some point, you know, they, 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 they forgive and forget, man. It just, if Hogan's going to make the money and whatever the case may be, that's what's going to happen, uh, you know, unfortunately. But me as a fan, it's like, all right, if I get Hogan back, can I get Stone Cold back for one more match? Can I get this guy? Can I get, I mean, could you see Hogan and Taker? Could you see Hogan and Triple H? Could you see Hogan and Vince? Could you see Hogan? uh, Flair won't do it. Um, Hogan and Sean. I mean, there are options. You're not getting a a fucking Iron Man match out out of Hogan. But if it does happen, it it wouldn't really matter to me. I just think him going out at WrestleMania at Tampa, it could be a, a good story book ending for him. Like for him, it'll be closure, for him, at, for for whatever that that might mean, but to close out a career with the company that he started with in the hometown of Tampa, so remains to be seen. I think it's it's, it's only a rumor, only out there. He can, I think he he's pushing for it. Remains to be seen if Vince wants to even go that route. Uh, but grand SmackDown is tonight. The draft. Hope you enjoy it. I know we'll be back next week for, I think week three of the AEW against NXT. We'll go over the draft, who ends up where. Grant Matthews, great work on Bleacher Report. He's on Twitter at Rants. You can find me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-A-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. You can find the two out of three falls podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes, and also t shirts for two out of three falls podcasts on prowrestlingtees.com. Graham, my man, always appreciate it. Of course, bro. That was a fun time. I'll catch you next week. All right, man. Take it easy. All right, adios. All right.